It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 412 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, November 8th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams, a whole bunch of college programs as well. Maybe you want to listen to Locked On Duke this week, considering what is going on there with uh, the probably very highly paid freshman they have on that team. Uh, Make sure you're checking out Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. There's two Locked On Fantasy Football shows as well for you to check out. And Locked On NBA is daily. It's got hosts from across the network hosting each day. Josh Lloyd on Mondays with the biggest story from all the local experts. We've got Wes Goldberg and Dave Ramil hosting one day, John Corrales and Jake Madison, David Locke. we got Adam Mares and uh, Anthony Irwin hosting on Fridays. And mixed into all those podcasts are weekly appearances by Sam Amick as well as Ben Golliver. So 
really good stuff over there. Sam Amick was on today, actually, and talked a lot about the Raptors with David Locke, if you want to check that out. Some interesting stuff on sort of the Raptors' shot selection and their shot chart and sort of their distribution amongst their players between good mid-range shooters, not-so-good mid-range shooters, three-point shooters, blah, 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 blah. It's very good stuff. Also, some interesting Kawhi anecdotes in there from Sam Amick as well because he's one of the very few reporters who seems to have a handle on Kawhi as a sort of a, you know, as a reporter who kind of, I guess he's done some stuff on him in the past, so interesting stuff. Make sure you're checking it out. Uh, Sam Amick was at the game against the Kings on Wednesday, so he's got a little insight there. Lockdown NBA on Thursday with David Locke and Sam Amick. You can check that out on the Lockdown NBA iTunes channel. And if you find a show on the network that you like, please subscribe to it on its own NBA feed or own iTunes feed or Stitcher or Spotify or Google Podcasts or wherever else you get your shows. Please, it's the best way to support the show. Locked on Raptors is doing super well with the ratings right now. We're up to 160 ratings on iTunes. It's uh, it's lovely to see. It makes me feel very good and warm inside. And I thank everyone who's taken the time to leave one. And if you haven't yet, join the party. It's really fun. It makes me feel pretty good. So thank you for doing that in advance. All right. On today's show, we are joined by our pal Josh Howe. How's it going, man? It's going great. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. It's uh, There's not a whole lot to complain about. Right? The Raptors are really good. <laughs> Uh, they obviously are coming off the four-game road trip where they swept it the first time they've ever swept a four-plus game Western road trip, which is uh, not at all surprising considering the uh, number of 1-5, and 1-4, 0-5 terrible Western road trips. Always kind of in the beginning of November, it seemed, that the Raptors used to go on back in like the mid-2000s that were just like starting the Raptors off well behind the eight ball at the beginning of every season. Obviously not the case this year. They're 11-1. and one. Things are pretty good. So on today's show, there's not that much to really complain about, but we're going to try. We're going to try to nitpick some stuff, and like it'll be a very first-world problem-y type of segment, but we're going to try to dive into some of the stuff that we wish the Raptors were doing even better, you know, to you know clean up the margins and make sure they're beating teams by even more points because that's what everybody loves, right? Uh, so we'll nitpick some stuff, find a couple areas that maybe we think the Raptors need to improve. We're also going to uh, carry on with our new tradition, the Kawhi Leonard Appreciation Minute. He played last night. Feels like a good time to get the Kawhi Leonard Appreciation Minute back on the road after a couple days off. And we're also, this is going to be, I think, the biggest part of the podcast because I have takes, let me tell you, about the new city jerseys the Raptors released today. And I guess we can start there, Josh. Uh, the jerseys are essentially the same as last year's city jerseys, the North OVO style, black and gold, with the, with the chevron on the front. It says North, uh, except these ones, instead of being black, are dipped in bleach and are white. And apparently that's supposed to be some sort of revolutionary design. I don't know. What were your first impressions when you saw the announcement? Although we kind of knew this was coming. There was the, the leaked picture that I think Danny yeah. Green posted on Instagram back on Media Day with Kawhi wearing the jersey. So there was not a lot of surprise here, but now we know it's official. Uh, your reaction upon seeing the the new OVO City jersey for the Raptors? Yeah, my reaction was a resounding meh. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um, I, I like the ones from last year, so you know now that they're white, um, I still like them. Uh, uh, they're, yeah, so they're pretty much the same. Um, I guess they're a little, they feel maybe a li- little bit cheerier than right. they're white. Like they're brighter, so maybe I don't know. They maybe they'll look a little more bouncy in them. Um, but I like the gold and that they kept that. Um, it's a pretty simple design. I like that. No need to get too complicated. Um, it kind of looks like a fancy candy bar wrapper. 
that was honestly one of my first reactions and i was like i'm kind of hungry um yeah like a a luxurious lint only available around (laughs) christmas bar yeah with like caramel mixed in something like that yeah 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 yeah. like it looks like i can just open up Kawhi leonard and just you know see what's inside um (laughs) but (laughs) uh but okay so you know the video that the raptors posted to reveal these jerseys yes um and so at the end it's kind of like a, it's a graphic artist working on it. Yeah. And then at the end, it kind of you know has the finished product, and there's like the Canadian maple leaves behind the jersey, and then there's like a, the skyline, the Toronto skyline on the bottom of the jersey. Do you uh-huh. kind of wish that skyline was on the jersey or no? Uh, yeah, I think they should try to incorporate that somehow. Because remember back when they hosted the All Star game, they had that on the All Star jerseys. The skyline, I think, was on like sort of the back shoulder above where the names were. Uh, and it, it looked awesome. It was super cool. Toronto skyline is obviously very distinctive, and any sort of ode to Toronto, I'm totally down with. This is my biggest problem with the the North jerseys from the last two years. And like, I have no real problems with the Raptors jerseys right now. They're extremely good, and like uh, some of the best looking uniforms in the league. I think their black with the red trim is like a top five jersey right now. It looks so so good whenever they wear it, but. The lack of a jersey with the words Toronto or the word Toronto written on the front really bothers me. Like you're trying to market yourself as like like Toronto seems to be such a big part of what the identity of this team is obviously, right? Like there's so like Drake's obviously so intertwined with the identity of the team. I know they're trying to market themselves as a Canadian team as well, but the fact that none of their regular jerseys have Toronto on it, it's all Raptors, you know, the, the name that people like to make fun of even though it's good as hell. Um, it just, I, I really wish there was a jersey that said Toronto on it. So, like, even if it was just this design, but instead of North, which, like, we get it. The North thing is still going. I'm honestly surprised they haven't come up with a new ad campaign to, to yeah. deviate from We the North after six years. But, hey, it's still working for them, I suppose. But, like, I just, we, I get the North thing. I love the Chevron because that's been a subtle note on most of the Raptors jerseys from like 1999 on so I, I love the chevron like i want i like that as like sort of the vehicle on which to write the team name but the north thing is tired to me toronto is seven letters you could do you know t-o-r o in the middle and then n-t-o on the other side and it would look good and i that's my biggest takeaway about these like even if it was just the exact same jersey it is as it is now which i think is worse than last year's last year's was really good and you know as like city jerseys went i suppose and like for the first time to see the north thing that was cool but i am just uh, this one is very blah to me i'm not inspired whatsoever yeah um i'm happier that we got this than something that said the six on it because i feel like that's terrified of that yeah (laughs) and uh yeah i'm not really looking forward to that um yeah that or uh Toronto's other nickname, which is the Big Smoke, which no one says anymore, but it's out there. Uh, they'll never use that for marketing, but that would be hilarious. They should work in um, Hogtown, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Just like bacon-themed jerseys. Oh my because god! Apparently, starving. Because apparently, bacon is comedy now, um, or, <laughs> or something. So like that, or just like a pig logo. Wow! I'd you could, you could have a raptor eating a pig. Yeah, my grandpa had a friend. Uh, this was always his cautionary tale he told me about getting tattoos. His friend in the Air Force, when they were in the Air Force, uh, got a pig tattooed on his knee one night while drunk. <laughs> Just a pig on his knee, and uh, he uh, regretted it. But So the, the tattoo that 
my grandpa's old Air Force friend. Well, if we could turn that tattoo into the Raptors logo for these city jerseys, the Hogtown jerseys, I'd be down for that. Wouldn't that be like the most painful? Like, because that's like right on the bone, right? Right on the patella. Yeah, that sounds like yeah. I wouldn't be down for that. That 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 sounds bad. Uh, they could spell out Hogtown with rib bones. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a work in progress. Like, maybe they try this out for the G League team. I don't know, but uh, this is a work well, in progress. At least we know Tracy McGrady would switch to that as his least favorite jersey of all time, and no longer the gorgeous purple Raptors dinosaur uniforms. Okay, this is okay. This was gonna dovetail into a conversation that I have been thinking about in my head since someone <laughs> tweeted at me. Someone tweeted because uh, I my, my big thing is I want the purple front black back jerseys back terribly. They're better yeah. than the dinosaur jerseys from the '90s because the dinosaur jerseys from the '90s are cool to wear like five times a year, like they did during the twenty of the season a few years back. But they're not cool. And I know people like to like make like the '90s were bad for design. Like let's not like like the Houston Rockets jerseys were terrible. Uh, the Grizzlies were ugly as hell. Like all of these jerseys were bad for the most part. The Hornets were like the one team that got away with teal, and there were so many teams that just couldn't get away with teal or tried to. And like and I guess time has made it so they have gotten away with it in retrospect, but. Teal was bad. All these cartoon logos were bad. The Milwaukee Bucks with the weird buck across, like the deer across the jersey, like none of these were good jerseys that like normal people would like. And so I, I understand the nostalgia for the Raptor jersey and like the, the, the original purple, but at the same time, it's ugly and not going to age well. There will be a phase where that vintage stuff is no longer cool once again, I'm sure. And so the purple front black back jersey to me, it was kind of pioneering. There, there haven't really been any jerseys like that in the NBA since where you have dual colors on the front and back. Obviously, like you, there's, also, there's always trim and stuff like that, and maybe they have a couple of colors. Like the, the wolves right now are kind of interesting because the top third is almost all blue and the rest is white or vice versa depending on if they're home or away. But the, the front one color, the back the other color is very rare. And also that's the jersey Vince wore in the dunk contest and the, in the jersey Vince wore in, in Like Mike and all that stuff that like the Raptors first became cool for back in the day. And that jersey is very slept on to me. I like that jersey a lot. It's what they wore in some of their biggest playoff games as well before this era. And I uh, want that to come back. And my tweeting about this, someone replied to me and said, hey, like the next year is the 25th season. They'll definitely bring it back. And so my question to you, Josh, is assuming they go with the same four jersey setup where there's the the three sort of staple jerseys i don't even know what the damn stupid names are for them there's the home there's a way there's the third jersey alternate yeah the alternate so the raptors assuming they keep their white uh black and red jerseys that they have now which i don't know why they would change them although i guess changing things up they'd almost be due for that at this point and maybe they will ruin everything and f- fix something that ain't broke and go something different entirely with the 25th season but assuming they keep those three and there's one jersey left to play with because for some reason nike has limited them limited themselves to four jerseys per year what do you hope is the 25th season city jersey um yeah i mean i i like the vince jersey too the throwback black purple yeah. That would be cool just because we haven't seen those jerseys in so long. And we did get to see the dinosaur ones a couple seasons ago. I actually, I like the dinosaur ones just fine. Um, I think uh, I was laughing because um, McGrady was saying about how, like, they're just the worst jerseys ever, period. Which I was like, <laughs> come on, there's definitely worse jerseys. Don't give me that. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that you know the Jurassic Park movies have been trashed since 1994. Oh god, um, yeah. Although, but, hold uh, on, hold on. The the Lost World I, is good until they go to San Diego. I I, uh, I will maintain this. It's good till they go to San uh, Diego. There's some I mean, memorable ass I, scenes in that movie. I barely remember anything before they get to San Diego. <laughs> the trailer scene on the cliff that is yeah. beautiful filmmaking. Also, that, don't go into the long grass. <laughs> also very good. Anyway, back yeah, to what you were saying. <laughs> sure, it, it's sure it's fine. Um, they've basically become cartoons now, which is like I guess it would have matched the jersey back then. Uh, they could they'd be able to make a uh, maybe if they were able to make like an actual like jersey focused on uh, like a real raptor, maybe like something more like raptor color. Like that could be something to go totally away from what they've done. That would be like kind of interesting i guess right. i don't really know what you do with a name like raptors like i don't know it might stick feathers on there or something and be like <laughs> oh we're historically accurate I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh yeah i don't know no honestly yeah something like the vince black and purple would be cool uh just because we haven't seen something like that so long the nostalgia is great they are very nice jerseys um and it would just every game would remind me of vince in the dunk contest so yeah that'd be pretty cool they should get jerseys that just say six foot turkeys on the front <laughs> with like a claw in which that like cradles the number i don't know i'm, oh, just, I'm yeah. just workshopping here or they just sell out and sell the jerseys to jurassic world and just put chris mm. pratt on them or like the raptor that chris pratt fillets oh. in that movie or whatever the hell happens in that movie i didn't see the most recent one i'm too sad i think i might not see it it's very similar to um like i love the rush hour movies one and two like they're they're perfect movies to me and I didn't see the, the third one because I didn't want it to be ruined or the first two to be ruined by a very, very yeah. terrible movie. And it's kind of like this. I didn't like Jurassic World, the first one, and I love the first Jurassic Park and, again, the first 80% of Jurassic Park 2. And I made the mistake of watching all the other Jurassic Park movies, and I decided to stop it with the new Jurassic World. I'm sure I'll see it at some point. But uh, whatever happens in that movie, I, I don't care. But maybe they sell the next Jurassic World sequel because I'm sure there's another one coming in the yeah. great – you know, beloved fantasy trilogy that is Jurassic World. Um, and, and so maybe they just sell it and have a, a Chris Pratt or Bryce Dallas Howard or whoever's still alive in that franchise. And uh, and it just... I, I wouldn't hate that. It'd be fun. It'd be a good troll against all the people who were like, you named your team after a movie. Yeah, we did it and we're going <laughs> to lean into it. <laughs> you know what the deepest cut would be? If they just had a jersey that just said Alan on it. And that's it. <laughs> That would be incredible. Oh. <laughs> I would buy 50. I'm not even kidding. That would be the best thing ever. I'm uh, extraordinarily tired right now, and all of this <laughs> is very funny to me, and I'm kind of losing my train of thought. But, yeah. Uh, I So I had this idea for what they could do last year, and I, I just want purple back. I don't care in what way the purple comes back. I just want some purple back. And I think the way you could do it is you could, if you really want to stick with the chevron look, which again I think is very good, the north pointing arrow or whatever. Although the arrow is down pointing on the mid mid two thousand jerseys, which is uh, something people don't really know. Look at those jerseys; it's weird that it's pointing down if they're trying to force the north thing. And it seems like they realized that and corrected it in twenty thirteen. And we're like, actually, wait, this is going to point up. Anyway, um, I would say the. Uh, uh, you could do a purple jersey with the chevron where you could do like either a black base or a purple base 
with like a white chevron and maybe led, red lettering or some combination of that. I'm not exactly sure what would look best. I'd have to just screw around in Photoshop or whatever to see how it would look. But I think you can keep the chevron look, which I think is sharp and I think is good and is a nice tribute to the old jerseys of the past while also A, putting Toronto as the, as the, the word mark on the front and then B, getting some purple involved there. But what do you think? Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. And just, you know, adding more, like, kind of Canadian colors. I get that as, like, um, the whole Drake thing about the gold and the black and stuff, uh, yeah. the OVO. But, um, I mean, yeah, incorporating more of the Canadian colors would be nice. Um, and just getting a look at that jersey with more of the red and white and black if you want. Um, I think I think that would be kind of neat. Uh, but I, in general, like, I, I really like the simple designs. Yeah. Um, anything that gets too complex is is just too much for me because then I'm my eyes are like looking all over the place and I'm constantly trying to figure out what I should be looking at on the jersey. Yeah. Uh, which is which is kind of brutal. So yeah, um, it'd be neat too if they did put Toronto on the front and they did something with like the letters, like the, just the T O R would be good. Mm. Um, I could see that. So yeah, yeah. Um, I like that idea. Cool. Uh, we're going to leave this conversation and. Dive into some nitpicky things that we want the Raptors to be better at. You know, they're already very good, but they can be better at some stuff, so we're going to get naggy on them. But first, uh, have you checked out the Locked On Podcast Network and what we're doing on social media? Twitter and Instagram, some really great stuff going on. Follow at Locked On NBA Net or Locked On NFL Net, and you'll get all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts for the NFL or the NBA on one feed, getting retweeted all the time. I'm constantly being retweeted by the Locked On NBA Net feed. Sometimes there are tweets that I've sworn in or made weird jokes in that very few people are going to get. But if you want that experience, you want all of the hosts in one spot, you don't want to have to go around and follow all of them. Following the Locked On NBA or Locked On NFL Net Twitter handles are a great way to get everything all in one spot. It's great, you know, for during when like there's breaking news or whatever. You just want to get the local story and you kind of just want to scroll through. It's just it's very handy. So just follow that Locked On NBA Net. Also on Instagram, we're taking little snippets of all the podcasts, putting them up there in little video formats, and you can go listen to the full podcast after that by clicking the link in the bio and all that good stuff. So Locked On NBA Net, Locked On NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you check it out. Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Josh, let's get into some stuff that we're going to nag the Raptors about. Uh, okay, let's go with you. We can start with you. What is the thing that you wish the Raptors would do better that they haven't done so well so far? Get healthier. Jeez. Yeah. Like, stop being injured all the time. It's just, you know, you're beating teams only by, like, you know, 10 or 12 or whatever. You could be blowing them out by 30 if the full bench was there. 
Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm kind of joking, but also at the same time, um, we have really barely seen the full bench unit because of injuries, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I'm not really worried about the bench minutes just yet. A lot, of, some people are a little concerned that all oh, the bench mob isn't the same as last year, and you know, Siakam is now a part of the starting unit. Looks like he'll be there for the foreseeable future because he's been really great there, um, and the bench unit has very badly needed a secondary creator and a lot of the time they haven't had one because Van Vliet or DeLon have been injured and been out it's just been one of them and they're both kind of still getting right um, uh, from their injuries so uh, I think the Van Vliet, DeLon, CJ Miles, OG, Ananobi and Serge Ibaka unit uh, is only three minutes total so Uh far and that's one of the you know expected bench units Ibaka is obviously playing a lot of starting minutes um, but that same lineup with Valanciunas has only played one minute, mm-hmm. so uh, we've barely seen any of it at all. So I'm assuming when that comes along more, um, that, that bench unit will kind of be shored up. But yeah, uh, that's been one of the issues if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, uh, they could probably tidy that up. I mean, not so much you can do to tidy up health, I suppose. It's just kind of you got to hope yep. that guys get healthy. And honestly. It seems weird to say it, and it sucks that Norman Powell was hurt, and I'm sad he's out for four to six weeks. But assuming CJ Miles' hip thing isn't super serious, then I think it might help them kind of refine the rotation a little bit and kind of get more to those lineups that you're talking about, where they can kind of get a little bit more of run and sort of data on a lot of these bench units that we haven't seen a lot of just yet. And like it, it seems like there's been like three or four games where the bench has really popped so far this year, but it's been a different unit in every single game. And so maybe having Miles just kind of be the tenth guy in the rotation, not having to compete with with Powell for minutes, maybe that solidifies some things there, or gives us a little bit of clarity, or at least just gives us some data to work with before Powell comes back and muddies the situation again. So there could be, I guess, a, a silver lining, which is not a good silver lining. Like you don't want guys getting hurt, and I feel bad because Norm looked really good. And, I mean, I guess comparatively good. He wasn't, like, killing it or anything, but he looked more sort of at home and comfortable than he had in the past, so, uh, at least last season. So, yeah, I, it's it's a bummer, but it might help them to kind of refine things. But in terms of the other guys, I, it seems like they're kind of on their way. Fred seems to be back. DeLon seems to be kind of finding his rhythm, although I think he had a bit of a struggle last night, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Kawhi is obviously the big wild card, but even then, when he's played, he's looked really good and he's played a lot of minutes, so I'm not particularly concerned about his health. Like, had it been a thing where he's playing 25 minutes a game and is not really looking himself in the games that he's playing, I'd be more concerned, but like, if they're just being cautious and keeping him out because they're, they're, they have a long game in mind, I think that's okay, and it's an injury issue that you're okay dealing with. Yeah, I'm definitely not too worried about Kawhi. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be okay, and they're just being super cautious with him, which makes sense. Um, also, like just kind of going off of that, um, I do agree that I think maybe long-term it might be kind of better if Miles just kind of gets into that 10th man role yeah. and kind of just gets comfortable there again. But like that dude needs to hit a shot, man. Yeah, It's been it's been brutal for him to start the season. The, the go-daddy curse is real. I feel really <laughs> bad for him because I like CJ Miles. But uh, he really needs to start hitting some of those shots. Like last season, a lot of the time when the bench unit stalled, uh, he was the guy. You know, he hit a three or you know a couple threes in, in a row, and it would just kind of get them back in the flow of what they were doing. Yeah. Um, really, the bench dad is there. So 
it's, it just hasn't been that way this season. Obviously, there's a lot of changing, a lot of moving parts, guys coming in and out. Um, he's otherwise, honestly, he's looked pretty good. Like, he's never been a fantastic defender, but he looks a lot bouncier this year. Yeah. He looks like he's in really great shape. Um, he's fighting for rebounds and um, all over the floor. So, uh, I'm, I've been impressed with him otherwise. He just, you know, he just needs to get out of this cold streak. Absolutely. Um, other nitpicky stuff? Okay, I guess I can give you mine. Uh, and this isn't even really a nitpicky thing. I guess it's defensive rebounding, I guess, would be the thing. They're bottom five, I think, in defensive rebounding percentage right now, just about 70%. The teams below them are, are like, sad teams, like the, like the Bulls and the Wolves. But even then, I can't be that upset because their effective, their, their effective field goal percentage on defense that they're allowing is... I believe number one in the league. I can't for some reason the page is not working for me right now. I had it up, but they're they're defending extremely well, and so it's almost like they're evening the evening the playing field a little bit because their defense is so oppressive and ridiculous that teams almost need those extra opportunities to even have a chance. And even then, it's not working. So it's like, how mad can you be when yes, they're not grabbing every defensive rebound that's available, but the number of defensive rebounds that that they're creating because of their defense is just so astronomical that like, yeah, like, who cares if they miss a couple? They're probably going to defend pretty well and stop the shot from going in on the next possession anyway. Because I do think a lot, you know, a thing that has happened with these. Uh, offensive rebounds they're giving up is a lot of them have been long ones off of threes. They've been kind of having trouble tracking those balls, and that has been where they've gotten burned. And when that happens, like you're just resetting your defense again, really, and you're not, you know, scrambling for offensive rebounds and, and trying to, you know, when you're around the basket, for example, there's not all these tip plays and stuff. It's less likely that guys are going to score in the 14 second shot clock when it's going out and that they reset and the Raptors' defense is resetting as well. Like they're just going to do it all over again and eventually grab a defensive rebound. So I guess it could be better if they could defensive rebound, but you know, I think that that lack of ability to grab and close out the possessions is like kind of tied to the way that they've been playing in terms of playing Serge Ibaka at center so much. And if the trade-off for Serge Ibaka playing the way he is at center, at home, at, like at the position that he's supposed to be playing, if, if the trade-off is a few more defensive rebounds that you're not grabbing and you, know, you just got to place a couple extra defensive possessions, I think that's worth it considering what Serge has done so far this year. But I don't know. How concerned are you about the defensive rebounding? Um, I'm not so concerned as I thought I might be. Yeah. Uh, that was my major concern with putting Serge at the center spot uh, is that he's never been a particularly fantastic rebounder. Um, and we everybody knew that it was kind of going to have to be a rebound by committee thing. Yeah. Um, but Kawhi, actually, I didn't realize how good of a rebounder he is. He's, he's incredible. Much, yeah. yeah, he's fantastic. He's a much better rebounder than I thought. And it's not like I've never watched him before or anything. But on a consistent basis, that's the one thing that stood out to me so far this season is he's just like, he's always in the right spot and he just happens to be there. When he gets under the rim, it's all over on either end. Like he just gets the position. He's so strong and then, you know, either gets an offensive rebound or a defensive rebound. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody has to help out. Um, in terms of uh, the actual defense, like I, I, it's, I think it's okay too. Like you're saying, like the perimeter defense is so good um, that it really helps Serge out, you know. And uh, he doesn't have to be Valanciunas and be that good of a rebounder. Um, and it obviously like really helps that on the other end, he's just never going to miss again. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I just the, the Raptors defense is so good. And it's not like they're giving up it's not like it's still really due to regress they're giving up actually in the top half of the league in terms of three point percentage allowed but like even then they're still just so 
like they're preventing a lot of those shots from happening. They're they're clamping down. They're they're keeping teams from getting a bunch of threes up. Their defense is so good that I just I can't really be mad about the defensive rebounding thing. It just it, so I'm not even nitpicking really. Like it, it's it's not amazing. There are going to be games where that hurts, and eventually maybe they'd have to sub in Jonas Valanciunas, and there are trade offs that come with that. But I uh, yeah I, I'm not concerned. I I wonder how the 14 second shot clock thing is affecting how teams are viewing we haven't really seen enough i guess of this to see how teams are viewing the crashing the offensive boards i think that's actually up this season in terms of offensive rebounding percentage but i wonder if that if the possessions in those 14 seconds have been nearly as successful i i should probably have done the research before just like bringing up this hypothesis in my, in my brain but um like i i wonder if to, like just because of the 14 second shot clock and that's helping teams like the raptors who yeah they're giving up defensive rebounds but it's just it's less time for a team to get a good shot off um yeah i i, I don't know there's just very few things to be upset about which is going to tie into our next segment once we get to it uh first off though is your company looking for a new way to reach your customers your company could be mentioned right here in this very space podcast listeners are 60 percent more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcasts our demographic on this show is 98 percent males with more education and earning than the more traditional media audiences and you can have your company sponsor this podcast email me at sean.woodley1 at gmail.com we can get that process started for you all right josh let's get to our final segment here We've talked about the stuff that the Raptors aren't particularly good at. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But yet, it probably doesn't matter all that much. Uh, And then the two things we said, injuries is not really their fault and defensive rebounding, it's it's something that they've managed to get around because they're an amazing defense and teams aren't scoring very well against them anyway. Um, so again, hard to really complain about this team. So let's not complain about it. Let's appreciate it. It's the Kawhi Leonard Appreciation Minute. Are you ready to join me in a, uh, a quick moment of appreciation of Kawhi Leonard? You can say anything that you appreciate about him right now. Um, we're we're kind of doing this all season long because it might only be one year of Kawhi Leonard on the Raptors. And it would be really crappy if we went the entire year without really truly appreciating how good he is. Once again, stealing this sort of from the Birds All Day podcast with Drew, First, Drew Fair Service and Andrew Stoughton, obviously the very excellent Blue Jays podcast where they were sort of always blown away by how little they appreciated Josh Donaldson when he was on the Blue Jays, and then he was gone one day, and they were like, oh, damn, we should have appreciated him more. That's not going to happen on this podcast. We are going to appreciate the hell out of Kawhi Leonard while he is a Raptor. So, Josh, what do you got for the Kawhi Leonard Appreciation Minute? What do you appreciate about our robotic, our, our very robotic son? 
so for me, the biggest thing so far has been his effect on crunch time viewing. Right. Um, oh my god, it's just, it's like, the amount of, like, space, like, just inside my body saved from, like, holding in gases while I'm watching uh, crunch time minutes of the Raptors this season where I'm just about to explode. You've seen that meme of that guy who's just, like, He's just like holding his breath and sitting there, and just like veins popping out of yeah, his yeah, forehead. Yeah, yeah. That kid that died is... later after the filming of that gift, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I feel like terrible. I'm kidding. Um, that didn't actually happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So I, that's basically how I felt. Like you know, how pretty much every Raptors fan has felt um, almost every time the Raptors get into a close game, because you never know what's going to happen. Mm. Um, and it's usually you know when a ra- the Raptors have a big lead and the other team starts coming back and that sense of foreboding kind of creeps in uh nowadays you look over and when that starts to happen the other team goes on a little run um you look on the raptor side of the floor and you see Kawhi leonard standing there and it's kind of bizarre it's kind of this strange elseworld feeling that Kawhi leonard is really on the toronto raptors yeah in these it's in these moments i think especially that you kind of realize the rest of the game it's like okay you know it's going along whatever but when it's crunch time and it's like you know that there's like a six point game and four minutes to go there's really no worries anymore because i don't know you have a superstar on your team you have a top five top three guy over there uh, it's just it's really hard to actually be that concerned that you're going to lose the game because you know you've seen him he won a finals MVP you've seen him in the playoffs you know that he can turn it up to another level if he needs to if he decides that he wants to win the game there's a very good chance he's going to suddenly you know just erupt and uh, he's going to be the best player in those moments um, it's the first time ever the Raptors have had a guy like that um, like you're saying it might be you know a short lived time if it, he only stayed the one season so uh, it's kind of incredible um trying to get used to that feeling uh but yeah it's you know he's we really have you know someone you can put all of your trust in and you can feel okay about it and uh i actually get excited for crunch time now it's it's really (laughs) it's kind of weird yeah you know Kawhi's just standing there super stoic and everybody kind of gets calmed down by it it's it's really something it is very like it's shocking really that the last couple games, I think the Lakers game, I guess the Kings game was sort of like this, and then there was the Jazz game as well. Like, none of those games where the Raptors were up big did I ever feel like they were going to relinquish the lead. And that is just because Kawhi is such a calming presence, I guess. That would be the best description or best, like, way I could describe why I don't feel stress in those moments anymore. And it's because, like, look at what he's done so far and just, like, I don't know, he's played eight games at this point, and there's still been so many games where he's closed up the... or, or he's, he's stopped a run with a big three, or he's kind of inspired one of these waves of, like, insane defense that the Raptors are capable of that really sort of changes the way a game is kind of flowing, right? Like, it can be a close game, like that Celtics game, where it's close tight the entire time. Very rarely is it, with, like, outside of, like, a three- or four-point, you know, margin on either side. And then Kawhi incites one of these defensive stretches where they just go nuts and force turnovers. We saw this against the Sixers as well. And they just go to this new level where it just 
it's a it's a gear that's terrifying, a gear that we've never seen a Raptors team be capable of before, and it's all because Kawhi is a an outstanding defender, and the Raptors are able to turn defense into offense better than most teams I've ever seen. Obviously, there's teams like the Warriors that do it maybe better than the Raptors do right now, but the Raptors are pretty well unmatched in in regards to that so far through or twelve games, I guess we are now. And also the fact that he's just such a good ISO player. He's insanely good in ISO. He's a better mid-range shooter than DeMar DeRozan ever was. And that's crazy because DeMar DeRozan's fantastic as a mid-range shooter. But Kawhi's better. And it's just it seems so automatic when he pulls up from 15 feet. And that is just a very comforting thing to have on your team. And then I suppose just like the rest of the the team being excellent as well helps too. But Kawhi remains just like the, the steadying presence. So this is a very good selection for you for the Kawhi Appreciation Minute. We haven't really gone this deep before on it. So I appreciate you finding uh, a, a new angle for us to go into. Uh, my, my answer was dumb. And it's just I'm glad that he seems like he has inspired more guys to have cornrows. It seems like it's coming back around the league. That's cool. I can't even think of anyone off the top of my head because I have uh, I'm barely awake right now. Um, but it's cool that people have cornrows, and I think Kawhi Leonard's the reason. Honestly, I'm shocked Andrew Wiggins has them still because if there's a guy I remember Kawhi eating up more than Andrew Wiggins, I can't really think of the person right now. He would destroy Andrew Wiggins every time he would play when he was on the Spurs and just completely like demoralize him and rip the ball out of his hands like a little baby frequently. And I'm surprised that Andrew Wiggins decided to channel that. Maybe he was like its ultimate respect that he could never dribble twice past Kawhi Leonard and thus he had to model his his hair after him. I'm not sure what it was, but Either way, it seems like Kawhi is kind of a trendsetter and getting the, the cornrows back in the league, and I think that's very cool. Maybe it wasn't Wiggins' choice. Maybe it's just like the sign that he's Kawhi's son. <laughs> Maybe it's just, yeah, it's like he he had no choice in the matter whatsoever. He just had to, he woke up one morning with cornrows after Kawhi destroyed him one night. Yeah, it's kind of like a <laughs> reverse Highlander situation. <laughs> uh, all right, I think we can probably wrap it there we've gone quite a while i am gonna fall asleep mid podcast i apologize to this podcast for for this podcast being late on thursday it's pretty much friday at this point i'll have an episode on friday as well though so stay tuned for that uh josh where can people check out your stuff oh you can find me on raptors republic uh occasionally b-ball breakdown i have a podcast called the writers right podcast sean's been on there that was a really great episode um yeah uh that's pretty much where you can find me. Uh, oh, and if you like movie stuff, you can find me on Scene Creek as well. So I'm all over the place. Right on, man. Yeah, Writer's Right. Great podcast. I was happy to be on it, and uh, people should check it out for sure. You're doing like a mailbag podcast or something now? Yeah, I'm working on it. I think I'm going to do one of those, uh, have a guest on and answer some questions about a bunch of things, uh, basketball for sure, but also writing and um, movie-related stuff and life questions and things like that so we'll cool, see man. how that goes right on uh as someone who often has a person on a mailbag podcast as a way to make content uh, i'm telling you it works so <laughs> <laughs> uh good luck with all that make sure you follow josh at Halvolution on twitter yeah you got it all right right on uh you can follow me at woodley sean subscribe rate review on itunes it's the best way to support the show it's very very helpful and nice of you to do uh, please also check out my Patreon page if you're into that. 
The latest Patreon episode came up last week, and myself and John Godis from Raptors HQ dove deep into Morris Peterson's game-winning three, uh, or game-tying three against the Washington Wizards back in 2007. You know the three I'm talking about. It's great. We talked about it in depth. Uh, this week, myself and Katie Heindel will be doing a podcast. Katie is picking the topic. I'm terrified of what she's going to pick, uh, so I will let people know what that is going to be once we know, but that's going to come out on Saturday at some point, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and all subscribers of $5 or more get access to the premium podcast. Thanks to everyone who's subscribed so far. If you haven't yet you have some extra bucks and you want to support something that you value, please, uh, I would very much appreciate it. You'll get a little personal note of appreciation from me and uh, some good content, I think. We're doing a pretty good job on these podcasts so far. So please check out the patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors page and consider giving me some money so I can eat more food. Um, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back again on Friday, as I said. Uh, it might be a solo show. might be not. I don't know. We'll see. I have a weird day. It's been a weird week, so I apologize for the inconsistent schedule. But we will uh, be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Thanks, dude. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 